You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. And another week here kicks off, and we have to look back first to week 15. It's almost over with the Falcons and Buccaneers, so still a chance for some big fantasy points in that one on the Monday Night Football. But we had all our games in the books. We broke down your Thursday night game. Not much to see there with the Broncos and Colts on Focus Friday. But here on Roundup Monday for Week 15, we look at every other game that's been played and see the developments are. It was a big week. It was the fantasy football playoffs for most leagues this week. Can't wait to talk about all the games on Matchup Wednesday as it's a championship week for a lot of teams and leagues as well. So you got to first see what happened in all those games, and uh, we did have two Saturday games as well to break down. So let's uh, dive right into everything we saw, and uh, we'll start with uh, Saturday with the Lions and Bears. Matthew Stafford had a solid game. The hand injury was an issue. It was kind of an ugly game overall. Took four sacks in this one. They really couldn't get the running game going much in this one, except for a couple of bursts there by Theoretic, but... Stafford, solid for you, 237 yards, two TDs. You had uh, Marvin Jones be the number one. He typically is, didn't have a touchdown, but caught three passes on five targets for 85 yards. A solid game for him. Eric Ebron, we liked in this one with the matchup. Came through for a second straight week. Five catches on seven targets for 33 yards and a touchdown. But Golden Tate has been highly up and down and disappointing this year. This was a down game, three catches. 33 yards on five targets for Tate. So it was a little bit weird to see Ebron and TJ Jones catch the touchdowns for from Stafford in this one. But if you had Stafford, you were pleased with the performance. Not spectacular, but that's why you have him in there to be solid. On the Bears side of things, we don't know what they were doing. A very conservative game plan. Jordan Howard, after exploding against the Bengals and that uh, run defense, did nothing here. 10 carries for 37. Managed to get four catches for 26. So salvaged his day a little bit in the PPR, but highly disappointing all around. The story here was that Kendall Wright had a second straight big game. 13 targets, taking over as the uh, number one, maybe because they're being more conservative and underneath, and Wright works the slot. But seven catches for 81, 13 targets. So pretty much the uh, guy he was in Tennessee, a PPR only type player. And, uh, the Bears just disappointing. Let's hope that uh, their offense gets another person in there other than John Fox and Doa Logans and really improves what they can do under Mitch Trubisky because he looked very good at times in that game, but they hold him back. The volume, the dinking and dunking is just not good for him. We thought things would turn around after the performance in Cincinnati, but they went back to the same ugliness in this one. So, Hope for better things than maybe a Jared Goff-like turnaround for Trubisky in year two. Our other game on Saturday was the Chiefs 30-13 to all over the Chargers. And Kareem Hunt owners that were disappointed 
Had to be thrilled the past two weeks. Hunt had a solid game against the Raiders. He had another big game, really one of his early throwback games here. 24 carries, 155 yards, and a TD. Seven catches, 51 yards, and another TD. So ever since uh, Matt Nagy took over the play calling again from Andy Reid, you're seeing Hunt getting the ball, 31 touches. You love to see that. Good sign for not only Week 16, but building into next year as he's the young workhorse of this Chiefs offense. And uh, Tyreek Hill, we've seen him be a bigger factor as well. Five catches, 88 yards, including a 64-yard TD there from Alex Smith. So not a bad game from Alex Smith. Pretty solid, uh, very mirrored of uh, Stafford's performance, 231 yards and a pair of scores. Mentioned Hunt had the other score. Disappointing if he had Travis Kelsey a little bit, but PPR was okay. Six catches for 46 yards on seven targets. So Kareem Hunt was the story here and sets up big plays to Hill. So the Chiefs offense that we saw earlier in the season has returned, and that is a great sign here for this Week 16 game coming up against the Dolphins in Arrowhead Stadium as well. So the Chiefs uh, finding themselves at the right time in reality and helping fantasy as well. On the other side, it was a brutal game for Phillip Rivers. He hadn't had a really bad game in a long time. He's been pretty solid week after week, but gets three interceptions in this one. Only one TD there. It went to Antonio Gates. So Hunter Henry owners had to see him with a calf injury, play through it, but get hurt in the game. And Gates pilfering the only touchdown. Keenan Allen also had to be carted off the field uh, late in the game. So five for 54 and eight targets. He cooled down in a big time way. The good news was if you had Melvin Gordon, he kind of uh, exploded in the way that uh, you've been waiting for for a while, even with the game flowed on their favor. 25 touches there for him, uh, 169 yards and a, a rushing TD for Gordon. So Austin Eckler looked a little sloppy here, lost a fumble, and uh, that didn't really help Eckler's touches and the game flow and the conditions and everything did not help Phil Rivers in the passing game. So all things considered, worked out for Gordon, the most trustworthy charger that uh, we've had all season long. Same thing with Hunt on the other side. So you want to see your backs come through in uh, December in these tough matchups, and it was good to see that develop. Our first Sunday game that we'll talk about is the Vikings all over the Bengals, and we kind of saw this coming. Yet another solid 230-yard 2TD from a quarterback here in Case and Keenum. So not spectacular, but he didn't really have to do much with the uh, rushing attack taking over. And we said we really liked Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. Both of them came through big time in this one. Latavius Murray had uh, 20 carries, 76 yards, and a TD in the first play for them. He had a 28-yard reception as well. And then you had Jarek McKinnon, who was the leading receiver. Seven catches, 114 yards, and a 41-yard play, as well as uh, 24 rushing yards as well so this backfield was excellent when you needed against this Bengals uh, team that was very depleted in the linebacker core so you like to see things happen the way you expect that happened here the only disappointing thing is if you had the Vikings receiver Stefan Diggs did get in the end zone which is helpful because otherwise he had five catches for 30 yards on six targets Adam Thielen had a shot at a touchdown as well but there was pass interference on a play but one of his worst games of the season because they didn't really need him. Three catches for 30 yards on five targets. So very frustrating from a fantasy perspective, but you can understand that the Bengals not putting up much of fight in this one and uh, no reason for Case Keenum to throw too much and uh, take risks and downfield with his receivers. And uh, Kyle Rudolph got a 
handed to him. He looked really bad with an ankle injury, was doubtful late in the week, got to questionable, played, and scored a touchdown. So Admiral for tough for toughing it out, and uh, Kyle Rudolph pretty solid here all year as a tight end one in uh, most leagues. And the Bengals side, just really not much to talk about. A.J. Green, two for 30 on four targets. And uh, Gio Bernard uh, found the end zone, at least in garbage time. So if you went with him with no more Joe Mixon, he did end up with uh, a measly 17 touches for 43 yards, but scored to uh, make it somewhat respectable as an RB2 flex day. So you'll take it. It's ugly, but uh, you kind of expected this to come. After the Vikings struggled in Carolina last week, you knew they were going to rip into the Bengals, and they definitely did. Our next game didn't have a lot of scoring either with the uh, both sides of the equation. The Redskins beat the Cardinals 20-15. to Kirk Cousins was okay. It's not exactly what you want to see from him in the game like this. Didn't have 200 yards passing, 195 yards and two TDs for Cousins. So not spectacular, but solid. You'll take it. Everything else was kind of a miss here. Jamison Crowder, if you started him, you were happy. Five catches, 55 yards, and a TD on seven targets. But Josh Doxson was predictably erased by Patrick Peterson. Vernon Davis in a good matchup really didn't see the ball, and he lost a fumble as well. So negative yards for Vernon Davis. Very disappointing performance there. And uh, Samaj Pirine, 16 touches there, but they only added up to... 66 yards so another bad game for p ryan as this offensive line is having a major issues with no trent williams in there on the other side kerwin williams ran pretty well but only 61 yards rushing in the end that's because elijah penny got 10 touches and carries randomly in this one so they actually ran very well for 141 yards combined but some of that was playing gabbard some of that was penny so williams wasn't that Thoroughly effective. It was kind of a grinded out type game and uh, limited there. We like the matchup here for the Cardinals running backs. We just didn't know that Penny was going to get too much involved. And Larry Fitzgerald, great matchup, squandered by probably Blaine Gabbert's poor play on the road in this one. Five catches for 60 yards on 10 targets. So, okay PPR day, but you expected a little bit more in this particular matchup. And Ricky Seals Jones. I don't know what they were doing. They were moving in other tight ends. Uh, Troy Nicholas played a lot, 3 for 41 on uh, six targets. They moved in other guys with uh, no Jermaine Gresham in this game. So, in a way, because they had to move in other tight ends, Ricky Seals-Jones couldn't be freed as a tight end and highly disappointing in this one when the matchup was so good. Now, do you need some holiday cash you need it, and I know where you can get it. My bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions, whether you like the Vikings or Bengals or Cardinals or Redskins. The holidays are just around the corner, and while that means plenty of parties, gifts, spending, it also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games you can score big on every day. Man up and play like the pros on game day. Make your call on games like these. You can play the money line, side, or total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to MyBookie.ag. They're the only site I recommend. You don't have to take my work for it. Check it out yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% 
bonus, you enter the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's the promo code Locked On, and you'll activate that offer. A good way to get some cold hard cash and get in the action on my bookie. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Now let's continue with the what we saw on the field Sunday to help you break down. And uh, the Bills come through at home as home favorites here, twenty-four to sixteen. So if you bet on the Bills, you were happy with that for sure. And uh, the Bills fantasy-wise, we know what you're going to get from them. Tyrod Taylor, not too prolific but he did have a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown that's what you expect from taylor his typical type game 224 yards and a td 42 yards rushing and a td so taylor was pleasing in this one as you'd expect as a principal ball handler for miami and against miami and you look at Lashawn mccoy as well not a great rushing day 20 carries 50 yards but scored there had four catches for 46 yards and a touchdown there so you like it kind of when it's simple, and the Bills are all about Taylor and McCoy for fantasy purposes, and that happened here. Charles Clay was pretty effective, too. Five catches for 68 yards on nine targets, but Kelvin Benjamin got banged up again in this one. Not much to see there. Otherwise, the Bills were in control. Kind of uh, just kind of were conservative with their game plan all the way with the Dolphins struggling offensively. Jay Cutler, after his great game against New England, really uh, melted down here. Three picks, 274 yards only there. No TDs. Kenny Drake, at least, it came through for you. It was a bit of a grind, but uh, had some big runs there late that helped uh, 78 rushing yards and a TD, as well as uh, six catches for 35 yards for Drake. So a solid, solid game for Drake. Not maybe what he exploded to in New England, but the difference was... Uh, he scored in this one. Jarvis Landry didn't score twice like he did against the Patriots. Didn't score once. But he came through with his old PPR self. 10 catches, 99 yards on 13 targets there. Devontae Parker had some relevance as well in this one with a high volume of passing. 6 catches, 89 yards on 12 targets. But uh, Kenny Steele still is a blip on the depth chart with only one catch for 8 yards. So kind of what we expected. More of Landry and Drake and more of uh, Taylor and McCoy in this game. And uh, pretty low scoring in the Bills win it so McCoy is just rolling right now late in the season and uh, you got to keep trusting him as well as Drake our next game is the Eagles and Giants and uh, this one had a lot more points than we expected especially from the Giants side of things 34-29 the Eagles had to rally and then hold off the Giants in the end here Nick Foles was the story here 237 yards seems like a Theme here. A lot of quarterbacks going for 230-ish yards, but four TDs. So really produced the way that Carson Wentz went. So if you picked up Foles and just played him like you would Wentz, you got Wentz-like results. That's for sure. You spread the ball around nicely. Nelson Aguilar got in the end zone, 7 for 59 on nine targets. Zach Ertz got in the end zone, 6 for 56 and 9. And Alshon Jeffrey, 4 for 49 and a touchdown on his 10 targets. So everyone involved, everyone producing that's the case with Wentz. That was the case with Foles. So not really a drop-off there too much. J.H.I. expected a little bit more. The game flow didn't really work in the Eagles' favor where they didn't have a big lead and they were salting away with the running game. But uh, Ajayi, a big factor in the pass game now, had uh, two catches for 40 yards as well as uh, 12 rushes for 49. So not bad, not totally great, but 
given that the volume was there and uh, no other back really touched it as much and he produced the best, you'll take it in a game that was disappointing in uh, the way a Jai season has gone for most of it, especially when he was with the Dolphins. So a bit frustrating there for sure, but the Eagles passing game did not disappoint. The Giants passing game uh, kind of overachieved here. Orleans Darko, if you played him, you got the touchdown, but really nothing else to see there. But in the passing game, 11 for 139 for Sterling Shepard. So you look fully healthy here. Scored a touchdown. 11 for 139. What a game. 16 targets. 13 for Evan Ingram there from Eli Manning. 8 for 87 and missed a shot at a touchdown there in the end. But Eli Manning, 434, three TDs and interception. So trying to finish strong to, hey, remind the Giants that he should be the starter going forward for next year and that he's still got plenty left in the tank. It took him 57 attempts to get there and had a pick as well. But uh, the Giants played one of their better games offensively, just abandoned the run pretty much and uh, tried their best and uh, almost came through in reality, but definitely came through in fantasy. Our next game on the slate was the Saints having to do some work to pull away from the Jets. It was pretty close early. The Jets hung around for sure, did their best. But uh, in the end, the Saints had some turnovers, fought through it, and uh, finally won this. They had uh, two lost fumbles by Brandon Coleman. So that was weird of interception by Drew Brees. So that kind of held the Saints back from doing even more damage. But 285, two touchdowns for Brees. With the pick, you'll live with it. Michael Thomas looked like he had scored three touchdowns, but he settles for one at the end. But solid game for him, 9 for 93 and a TD on 11 targets. That meant uh, Mark Ingram could score twice in the backfield, 12 for 74, rushing including the 50-yarder, put the game away late, kind of made this uh, spread a little bit uh, bigger than it really was. And uh, so he had 74 rushing, two TDs, 77 receiving Alvin Kamara at 44 yards rushing 45 receiving and a TD so the principles here of Ingram Kamara and Thomas came through and uh, that tied in well to Breeze playing well as well so good performance all around for the Saints you could have uh, done without the fumbles but uh, defense was okay if you streamed them in this one you expected a little bit more against the Jets but uh, give the credit to the Jets they were hanging in there Bilal Powell was useful out of the backfield with the with 44 rushing yards on a TD, you had Elijah McGuire there totaling a, a solid 72 yards on a TD. Hard to play any of those guys. Matt Forte was definitely a little bit limited with the knee injury. He was only to 34 yards from scrimmage. But as expected, Robbie Anderson kind of cooled off, even with the Bryce Petty connection from last year. Five catches for 40 yards only on 12 targets. He was really shut down by Marshawn Lattimore. They kept trying to go to that spot, but it just wasn't there for Petty. So pretty much how this game expected to go it didn't uh, just get there right away in the beginning but it gets there in the in the end and that's the uh, bottom line for fantasy football our next game was the return of aaron Rodgers, but really this show was stolen by cam newton 242 yards see a lot of these games right around that 230 240 yard range but usually by winning teams that don't have to throw too much and stay balanced and the panthers were definitely balanced 242 and four from newton he really didn't have to do too much running, but still came up with 58 yards rushing in this one. So dominant game by Newton, his uh, form from 2015. Christian McCaffrey was spectacular in this one as well. 18 touches for 146. So very good game there for McCaffrey. Scored 
as well. Greg Olson looked like Greg Olson. 12 targets was wide open on a 30-yard touchdown, 9 for 116 overall. So Devin Funches kind of took a back seat. Uh, you expected a lot more Funches in this very favorable matchup, but uh, really didn't need to do much with Olsen and McCaffrey eating up a yard after yard as well as Newton. So that's kind of a thing, but I expect uh, they'll need uh, Funches to do a little bit more in a good matchup against Tampa Bay next week. So make sure he's okay with the injury and all that. Got a little banged up in the game, but he uh, just had an off day there, so don't fret too much if you own him. Aaron Rodgers, we're not sure if he's going to play again this season because the Packers could be eliminated from the playoffs going into week 16. 290 yards, three TDs, so that part of it was good. The bad was the three picks. He also added 43 yards rushing to kind of uh, take away from the, the damage with those picks. But the uh, reality game wasn't as good for Aaron Rodgers. got banged up again as well. But uh, you look at Randall Cobb, he came back to significance, made a great play on a touchdown, 7 for 84 and 14 targets. He clearly was being targeted there with no Captain Munderland working, covering the slot, and also Devontae Adams being knocked out. He had 5 for 57 in a TD before that uh, hit by Thomas Davis on that interception really took him out of the game. Unfortunate, because he figured Adams could have done a little bit more damage here down the stretch, but Richard Rodgers also returns. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. He makes guys like this relevant again. Four catches, 77 yards, caught all of his targets, and a TD. Unfortunately, in the end, Geronimo Allison lost a fumble where Rodgers could have uh, gone in for another TD there and maybe forced overtime to have a bigger game. I think the biggest disappointment here is that Jordy Nelson didn't really uh, benefit much from the first game with Rodgers. The downfield connection wasn't there. Three catches, 28 yards, and six targets. So very similar game that he had like uh, with Hundley. Jamal Williams really struggled in this one as well. The Panthers' run defense came to play for second straight week. Held him to only 30 yards rushing his worst game in a long time on uh, just 10 carries there. So game flow and everything in the matchup did not work in Williams' favor. We'll have to see now going forward if uh, Rodgers is going to play. That'll be a key decision that we'll watch this week. And uh, if the Falcons beat the Buccaneers on Monday night, uh, then there's less likelihood that they'll force him in there with not much to play for the rest of the way. Our next game in the 1 o'clock window was the Ravens, predictably over the Browns, 27-10. Joe Flacco, we kind of uh, recommended him on DFS, and he came through 288 yards passing with the TD, but really what uh, helped was his uh, random rushing TD there as well. So he got to the two TDs he needed for that uh, really bargain price. The touchdown, as we mentioned, as a sneaky stack was with Benjamin Watson. He came through a second big game against the Browns, four catches, 74 yards, and a TD, including a 33-yard play where he streaked down and uh, scored easily there. Mike Wallace fought through the ankle injury to be productive, six catches, 89 yards on 10 targets. It was a bit of a grind for Alex Collins, limited to only 19 yards rushing as the Browns' run defense really uh, tightened the screws here. Buck Allen was more effective with the 70 yards rushing, but Collins, disappointing there, just like with Jamal Williams, he had... Uh, only 52 yards from scrimmage uh, with no score. So Collins was cooled off in a game like this. was a little surprising. They had to go more with uh, throwing the ball to the backs. And uh, Allen was just a little bit more effective running outside than uh, Collins inside. And uh, Danny Woodhead, they had to do the extension, the passing or running game a little bit with six catches for 31 yards. So disappointing there overall. But uh, the Flacco-Watson thing came through. We're happy about that. On the Browns side of things, you have uh, – 
Deshaun Kaiser really struggled in this one. Uh, he had uh, Hugh Jackson after the game was questioning if he would ever get in the NFL. Pretty harsh in this one. A pretty good defense he did face in this one. He had two picks and uh, really couldn't uh, protect the ball here at all. Neither did Duke Johnson Jr. So I think everyone in this uh, Browns offense should have been a little bit more accountable. The only guy that really came through was Isaiah Correll with five rushes for 72 yards. For some reason, they didn't uh, give him too many other actions. Beyond that, Duke Johnson did score, even with the fumble. He raced what he did in the rushing yardage. He had 23 there, but he also had 40 receiving yards to go with his TD. So not a bad RB2 there day there for Johnson and too bad Crowell they left along the table if you had Josh Gordon again Kaiser's really bad day really hurt him here with 11 targets caught only five for 47 yards so Josh Gordon uh, extremely plus talent but when his quarterback is not getting it done it's going to be very difficult and uh, that's what happened here in a rough matchup against the Ravens overall our next game was another blowout here Blake Bortles what can you say about him and DFS? Came through 45-7. The Jaguars all over the Texans. It's not even pretty here with uh, no Leonard Fournette. And uh, Marquise Lee was also hurt in the middle of this game as well before he could even make a catch in this one. So Admiral with that Blake Bortles got it done with the other guys. 326-3. In a blowout like this, you usually don't get those type of big numbers. But Keelan Cole was just having his way, and uh, this is two straight weeks that Keelan Cole has done some major damage, and maybe with Marquise Lee out, that uh, Cole's going to be looked at a little bit more for the Jaguars uh, to uh, close the season here. And uh, you look at the matchups that are coming, 49ers and Titans, so definitely some opportunities there if Lee has to be shut down along with uh, Alan Hearns, who hasn't really played, and Alan Robinson has been out for a long time. So Keelan Cole, 7 for 186, had a 73-yard play, 9 targets, TD, very efficient. Jaden Mickens was very great in the red zone as well. Four catches, 61 yards, and two TDs on five targets. So that was a bit disappointing if you had D.D. Westbrook, especially after uh, Lee exited the game. expected a little bit more from Westbrook, but Cole and Mickens were just carving up their matchups in this awful Texan secondary, so they didn't have to go there. Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon, if you had to play them for Leonard Fournette, you were disappointing. I've said this all wrong. The Texans' run defense has still somewhat been pretty good, even without J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. Their pass rush and all of that, and pass defense has gone to the tank. But the rush defense is pretty good. Really, the Jaguars had some good stats in the end, but that was inflated by what Corey Grant did in a major mop-up time, 10 carry, 69 yards, and a TD. But otherwise, it was a grind for Ivory and Yeldon, and it, was more insult to insult that the two rushing touchdowns went to Tommy Bohannon, the fullback, the upback, scored easily on the Texans as uh, they were lining up deep here. So Tommy Bohannon, Keelan Cole, and Jaden Mickens all scoring doesn't help fantasy here in Week 16, but uh, hopefully that you had some shares of Bortles, neither DFS or year-long to uh, get some part the Jaguars, as well as their defense, of course. We had a dominate performance, four sacks, and a pick of T.J. Yates. Yates just couldn't get anything done at all. He just was missing the defensive touchdown here for the Jaguars that they usually get in matchups. At least T.J. Yates was nice enough to get DeAndre Hopkins up to four catches, 80 yards, and a TD. So Lamar Miller really struggled. Alfred Blue had to be the leading rusher, but uh, pretty much with Yates... It's pretty much down to Hopkins is the only thing that you can like on the Texans 
team fantasy wise, and that that's a good thing. They do get the Steelers next week, so it could have been could be a bit of a grind there, but especially if uh, Joe Hayden comes back. But Hopkins at least uh, coming through, and that just tells you how good of a player he is. And uh, he figures to be a high wide receiver one pickup next year with Deshaun Watson on his way back. Now, I mentioned Deshaun Watson, and you've had uh, him and Mitchell Trubisky make some good debuts this year. You have Jared Goff and Carson Wentz living up to their status of the 2016 draft. And uh, the best way to get the inside scoop on all of next year's and the fantasy football stars of the future is to listen to Locked on NFL Draft. Joe Ledier and Trevor Sikama do a great job on that show. The season's almost over. The focus is turning on to who the Browns will take. Number one overall, almost have locked up that pick here with two weeks to go in the season. And uh, those guys do a great job breaking down. Will they go after quarterback? Sounds like it with the way that uh, they talked about Kaiser. There you have uh, Sam Darnold and uh, Josh Rosen, the USC and UCLA guys, that uh, rivals that are going to be rivals in the NFL here pretty soon here. Or it'll be interesting to see where uh, Lamar Jackson lands up as well as the Heisman Trophy winner from last year, and Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner from this year. So there could be some uh, exciting playmakers at quarterback entering the fray here in 2017. And if you want an insight of where you think they're going, listen to Locked on NFL Draft on the network. Now, as we turn our attention to the late afternoon games here and the night games of week 15 we have to start with another blowout rams all over the seahawks 42 to 7 and we just did not see this one coming that the seahawks would be so lifeless in this one with their playoff hopes on the line a division title on the line the seahawks were just terrible in this game they tried to put duct tape over their defense and it didn't work kj wright was already out with a concussion they were missing some rotational tackles and uh help up front and uh i saw bobby wagner out there he just was not looking good at all with the uh, issues he had with the hamstring and the rams took advantage to run all over them and uh, todd Gurley, what can you say he's probably been the fantasy mvp because a lot of people got him away from the first round after last year's disappointment but 21 carries 152 yards three tds 57 Yard score. He didn't even have to play most of the fourth quarter because they pulled away so easily because of him. He also had three catches for 28 yards and a tee. So if you had Todd Gurley in DFS or a year long, you were very thrilled and enjoyed a big victory there this week. Robert Woods comes back and he scores as well. Six catches, 45 yards and a TD on seven targets. Uh, Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins, they didn't need them much. They combined for four catches, 35 yards. Jared Goff only threw for 120, had a pick in there, so that was a bit disappointing for sure because you wanted the Seahawks to do something, so Goff would have to do something. But Todd Gurley show, that was pretty much it. On the other side, man, Russell Wilson did manage one touchdown pass, but he had a rough day. Seven sacks, 14 for 30 there passing, and just ugly performance. And uh, the things that were working are Russell Wilson – lost a fumble and Tanner McAvoy lost a fumble as well so things that were working in the passing game ended up in turnovers Wilson just disappointing you'd rode him all year and 
to fall there in Week 16. Mike Davis, we thought could do something in this one, but the game flow got out of hand where he was rendered useless. He did end up with the eight touches for 39 yards, but it, that just tells you that if they'd stayed in the game, there could have been a lot of production there. J.D. McKissick had to lead the backfield here and really was the leading offensive cog in this game. Nine catches for 58 yards, so really disappointing. Jimmy Graham had one catch for minus one yard. Doug Baldwin, one catch for six yards and four targets, so uh, it's just shocking to see this result. If you had to circle this and said, this is the way things were going to go, even if the Rams were going to turn around things this season, you would not have expected that at home. And the Seahawks offense... We understand the defense with all their issues, but the Seahawks offense had no excuse to uh, falter this much in this game, but it was very ugly to see. Our next game, at least we can talk about some happier quarterback development, still not spectacular, was the Patriots holding off to beat the Steelers 27-24. Ben Roethlisberger looked like he had a game-winning touchdown to Jesse James, but it was overturned there late. So instead of a three TD day, he has a 281 yard day with two TDs and a pick there that uh, he threw after the James overrule. And uh, so that was a bit disappointing because uh, you expected a little bit more, but Antonio Brown was knocked out of this game with the calf injury. So that was a bad thing to happen. So a lot of studs just uh, for some reason, the other falling flat, two catches for 24 yards on three targets before he departed. Juju Smith-Schuster, if you played him on a whim, you got uh, the 69-yard play on the last drive by the Steelers that kind of saved his day. But standard-wise, six catches, 114 yards. you got to be happy with that. Caught all his targets. Martavis Bryant also stepped up with Brown out. Four catches, 59 yards, and a TD there. So it kind of changed mid-game. That's always hard because the fantasy production flips to someone else. And uh, that's what happened for sure with Brown going down. Le'Veon Bell, he was just eating up a lot of uh, volume in this one. He finally cooled off a little bit in the fourth quarter as they gave him a blow, but still, what can you say? He had uh, 24 carries, 117 yards on TD, five catches, 48 yards. So, typical Le'Veon Bell game. If you had him, you were fine, like you had Gurley, but uh, Brown was just a little brutal development as well as the end for Roethlisberger there. And Tom Brady, yeah, he did rebound pretty well here from the disaster in Miami, but still not too much better. 298, 298 yards, only one interception this time, but it, only one TD as well. So disappointing when you thought uh, he could light it up here, especially with Rob Gronkowski dominating nine catches, 168 yards on 13 targets for Gronk. And uh, Brandon Cooks had the touchdown, four catches, 60 yards there on seven targets. So pretty much... Uh, the Patriots got a couple more rushing scores. That's hurt Brady more than anything else. That They're able to run and score. Rex Burkhead had one of them early before he had to depart with an apparent knee injury. They're quickly rolled out. Five touches, 17 yards, and a TD before he left. Deion Lewis, that really worked in his favor because he was just the workhorse everywhere. 13 carries for 67 yards and a TD and one catch for 13 yards. So solid game for Deion Lewis, especially in standard leagues there but uh when you look at this Patriots offense is not as uh, spread out and wide open and dominant as you think in the passing game and I think we're seeing the effects of Julian Edelman not being in there to be more uh, dynamic with this passing game it's pretty much a, a small hands type of uh offense here and without Burkhead there's less weapons even in that regard so so Brady yet yeah, to these few weeks with Brady kind of as a reminder that 
maybe he's not a guy you lock in, kind of like Drew Brees, as a veteran QB1 that should be taken pretty high because there's definitely other rising options. And you expect multiple TDs from a guy of Brady's caliber for three straight weeks down the stretch. He didn't deliver any of those in the past three weeks. So disappointing there for Brady overall from a fantasy perspective. But uh, if you had Deion Lewis, I think he's been a huge saver. And Bell has just been a team guy that can carry your team the whole way. Our next game and our last of the late Sunday afternoon games, the Titans lose to the 49ers. The 49ers go field goal wacky in this one. Get six from Robbie Gold to win. So if you had Robbie Gold in fantasy, you were thrilled. Or DFS, any of those uh, formats. Robbie Gold was just a field goal machine in this one. And and we know the Titans had uh, struggled there to give up a lot of field goals because uh, they kind of clamped things down in the red zone. And uh, that's what we kind of saw. It was a perfect storm. The 49ers had been the uh, classic uh, stall in the red zone type thing team because they can't finish with the running game. And that's what we saw. So they had the six field goals. Did get one touchdown from Jimmy Garoppolo. Otherwise, a great game from 381 yards and a TD for Garoppolo. The TD went to Garrett Selleck. Selleck time's the new thing now. The dance or whatever you want to call it, the craze. But uh, Garoppolo and Selleck have good chemistry here. George Kittle had 4 for 52. Selleck 3 for 63. Caught all his targets. So Jimmy Garoppolo, the efficiency and his receivers catching targets is incredible. When you look at the box score, it's crazy. He had Marquise Goodwin, 10 catches on 13 targets for 114 yards. One rush for 10 yards as well to pad Goodwin. Kendrick Bourne, if you know the identity of Bourne, I mean, this is just a guy. And he's got four catches for 85 yards, including a 54-yard play on six targets from Garoppolo. So, when you look at Goodwin, Bourne, Selleck, Kittle, Trent Taylor, four catches for 40 yards, Kyle Juszczyk, Carlos Hyde, and Aldrick Robinson, this is what Garoppolo is working with this year. And this is without Pierre Garçon. This is without maybe another option in the passing game for next year. This is with Hyde being bottled up by a good Titans run defense uh, who had uh, their 18 touches for only 39 yards for Hyde. Couldn't get in the end zone either, but... Garoppolo just scratching the surface of what he can do in this offense and next year can't wait to see it and the 49ers win and uh, for now gold is the pretty good fantasy stud on the other side Marcus Mariota was a bit of a struggle but uh, got there to the 241 yards and two TDs Richard Matthews and Laney Walker that's what you want to see if he's going to have two touchdowns six for 95 on eight targets for Matthews five for 37 on 10 targets for Walker so those two guys come through as they usually do. Eric Decker, 5 for 63, caught all of his targets. So still the Matthews and Walker show. The running game still hugely disappointed. I told you about the 49ers and their improved run defense. Came to fruition here as Derrick Henry only nine touches for 28 yards. And Mark and Mario only fared a little bit better. 18 carries for 59 yards and added one reception for 40 yards. So the 49ers run defense, Reuben Foster, the scheme, Solomon Thomas coming through, Eric Reed being uh, all over the place with his positions, with the no Jaquiski Tart in there. They've been a lot better against the run and uh, still leaky against the pass, but uh, still contained. But uh, Marcus Merida with uh, one of several solid uh, 235-245 yard games with a pair of scores in the season. Given his season and his disappointment, you'll take that every time in a matchup like this. 
And our final game on Sunday night, a lot of controversy there, including an index card fourth down measurement that allowed Dak Prescott to get a quarterback sneak first down late and a game-winning field goal. Plus, at the end, Derek Carr losing a fumble, going in, a touchback out of bounds, and uh, going to the Cowboys where when he thought that Derek Carr was going to have a third touchdown, Carr ends up with a 171-2 and two in this one. And given his season, again, much like uh, Mariota, You'll be acceptable with that if you played him for this particular matchup, but the fumble lost really hurt there for Carr. At least if you had Michael Crabtree and you liked this matchup, he came through with the two TDs with no Amari Cooper in the game. Jared Cook uh, was open a lot but struggled against the Cowboys. Here, two catches for 17 yards and four targets. Seth Roberts was actually the leading receiver. They're working the slot. Three catches, 52 yards on five targets. But we knew Crabtree would be in position to score multiple times in this one and he did two times and uh, Marshawn Lynch looked very good as well but uh, he couldn't quite finish his day with a touchdown but uh, 19 touches for 92 yards so good RB2 production from Lynch even without a score he's really come out strong to be the kind of the best Raiders offensive player here down the stretch so not bad there but it was good to see Crabtree get in and score and be helpful here in fantasy which he hasn't been for several weeks on the other side, uh, Dak Prescott, two picks, 212 yards. So really a disappointing game from Prescott there in this cake matchup. Moved the ball pretty well throughout the game, but threw some uh, bad picks there. Had Did have 32 yards rushing and a TD there to kind of salvage some of the day if you had uh, played him in this one. But uh, just an ugly game, and that sometimes happens when two desperate teams are playing on the road on Sunday night. The Black Hole is a tough place to play offensively, and uh, you look at the Cowboys, it was a bit of a grind for their running game as well. You had uh, Alfred Moore, 16 carries, 61 yards. Uh, they're so not spectacular there, and Rod Smith got the touchdown as well as Prescott in the red zone away from Moore, so that really hurt Morris, but uh, Rod Smith, uh, you had... Uh, 10 touches for 44 and the score there. And uh, Des Bryant, you expected a lot more. Two catches only for 59 yards and four targets. Took a 40-yard play to get there. So overall, disappointing performance by the Cowboys offense. Raiders offense actually did a little bit better, even though the numbers didn't look uh, too much better overall in the defeat. The, the Raiders were a little bit more trustworthy in this one. So highly disappointing for the Cowboys. But the good news is Ezekiel Elliott is coming back in Week 16. We saw what just happened to the Seahawks. That's who they host their Seattle in Dallas in Week 16. So could be a possibility for the Cowboys for a big-time rebound. So if everyone's fading on them, obviously Morrison-Smith, this was the last game for them. But Elliott, uh, Prescott, all your principal Cowboys could really have a good game there to rebound. So keep that in mind for DFS and for year-long leagues. So there we have it. Another week has kicked off with another episode of Locked on Fantasy Football in the Books. Thanks so much for listening to Matchup Roundup Monday, I should say. We'll have Matchup Wednesday as well, so giving you advanced programming there with the Matchup Wednesday brought to you by Draft. Before then, we'll have Pickup Tuesday to help you with uh, maybe some of the final additions and tweaks you're making to your uh, fantasy football team with a waiver wire and uh, free agent advice tomorrow for the entire Locked On Network and for Locked On NFL shows. This has been Locked On NF Fantasy Football from Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.